0: You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Very good, Johnson. After Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. This is Afterbuzz TV for season one, episode three of Shameless. Tonight's host is Phil Svitek. Joining Phil will be Afterbuzz' co-host, Bethany Jaber. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest shameless news and gossip. We want to hear from you too. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347-855-8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, Phil Svitek!
1: Welcome, everybody, to uh, Shameless, uh, the Aunt Ginger episode as it is entitled, and by the way, um, Corey, our uh, engineer, has given me two tickets um, to the Arclight, and uh, for any for first caller, second caller, whatever caller, we may just give it out tonight, and uh, so come get your Sherman Oak tickets, or uh, no, Arclight t- tickets, I'm sorry, And uh, but I just want to say this, this uh, season, well, the only season of Shameless has really grown on me. Um, we were kind of hesitant at first to do a show about it. Absolutely, but um, you know, Bethany and I finally we wised up and we're like we have to do a show. And what a phenomenal! I mean, we we saw tons of stuff. But um, just to sort of break it down, we saw the relationship of Karen and Philip grow, uh, develop. Ian uh, gets in trouble by being gay, and and not. Yeah! And wow! Not, not
2: that there's anything I mean, wrong with that? But. No, no. Well, I, I mean, just quite the opposite. He, he gets in trouble, trouble for, for being heterosexual, even though he's not. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. it's a whole mess. A very. And gets re- into a huge mess, and he's getting chased by three really scary dudes.
1: Very well put. And then we have another love triangle between Steve, Tony, Fiona. <sighs> And uh, to finally the main plot of this episode on Ginger, um, but just to open up with uh, Karen and Philip, I feel like you know we we in the first episode we we kind of got it. It was it, it seemed almost weird where she goes under the table and just gives him a blowjob while he's tutoring her.
2: It's so embarrassing.
1: It why, why embarrassing?
2: I you know, I was embarrassed for him because he was so not expecting it. To happen. And then, and then later on, like he shares and his like brother comes in for one too. And I'm just, I think I was a bit horrified
1: actually. Well, they're shameless. That's what I love about it. But, uh, you know, in saying that I love the way their sort of relationship has developed now. Um, by the way, when I go on a date, I will definitely go under the train tracks and watch the train. I thought that was such a cool idea. Whoever came up with that is an awesome mind.
2: it was such a lovely parallel for what they're facing in their neighborhood and with their family. So, like, something screaming over their heads, just running fast, and they're just kind of lying there yelling at it nice. um, together and unafraid. Maybe I'm reading into it a little too much, but I find that uh, Karen and Philip seem to be the most well-adjusted Uh two two characters out of out of everything, or at least the most well-adjusted couple out of everybody.
1: Well, yes, I mean, uh, you know, and that's why I love, I love when I do shows with Bethany, by the way, because she has sm- such a smart take, and she's been fighting me so long to get on the Jersey Shore, but I will not allow it. <laughs> he won't because,
3: let me on the show! But, uh, <laughs>
1: nah, but that's... that's and uh but, but it you know in our special segment, I forgot to mention this. we'll talk about what we love about the show since this is our mm-hmm. first episode um for after buzz t v doing it um but in some sense, I love how it's so you know the, i love they couldn't have come up with a better title shameless it is in so shameless and yet so smart in the writing, the characters um and so yes, it is the perfect uh symbol in by watching those train tracks as mm-hmm. uh and
2: yeah, what, what they're up against. And then that they're, they're just kind of like lying down and they're they're together and they're okay with it.
1: Yes, indeed. And wh- what do you think, okay, um, you know, as a girl, wh- what do you think the attraction for Karen is to fill up apart from his just IQ, I guess?
2: I think that's a big part of it.
0: That's that's a
2: huge part of it. And there's something very calm about him where everybody else is either like living, her mother's living in delusion and, or, or other people seem to be very dramatic as far as their reaction to things. Like he, when those three boys approach him, he just, he, he doesn't run. He -hmm. just kind of says, all right, if that's what's going to happen right now, like, I might as well be like somewhat of a smart ass, but I'm not going to run. And he calmly takes it. Um, and so I, I, I mean, I'm attracted as a female to to his his demeanor, to the fact that he's not reactive and that he is really easygoing. So I bet you that's I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess that's what Karen's digging.
1: Fair enough. Now, so so no looks. Let, let's imagine a, what 15, 16 year old Bethany oh with uh, with Philip's shaggy hair.
2: <laughs> is there any attraction? With, with Philip? Oh, absolutely, yeah, okay, he's cute. He's super cute. But, but I think part of it is, like, his, like, very kind of, like, I don't know. I'm not, he's, he doesn't, it's not, it, like, a James Dean style of acting. Like, hey, everything's okay. I'm totally cool with it.
1: That's a very good way of putting it. I was going to just uh, describe him more as, like, lazy eye, uh, stoner, pothead. But, but the sort of almost, not cliched, but, like, the IQ nonetheless, you know, and... uh but but I like the James Dean analogy way better. So what? It, so what? He's gonna he's gonna die real soon though, like James I, Dean.
2: I hope he doesn't die. I don't oh, no, think he's gonna be, die. I mean, I, I think what I what I'm enjoying about the show is that it's it's a good balance of comedy and drama. Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe by the end of the season somebody will die. I just hope it's not him. Oh, he's that not. Break please, my heart. he's not gonna die. That would kill me. There's gonna
1: be some, There's definitely gonna be some sort of tragedy. I'm sure, and mm-hmm. we can discuss that more predictions or what we like about the show, but. Philip's not going anyway. <laughs> not only that, because he he has my name, so he needs to be on the show. <laughs> so when when you hear me when you hear me refer to Philip, it's not because I'm talking about myself in third person, <laughs> um, but but definitely not. So so I like it. Bethany, sixteen yeah. year old Bethany is dating a uh, young sixteen year old Philip. Yeah, I I, prob-
2: I probably wouldn't. At sixteen, I think I liked I I probably. Liked not so nice boys. Not I don't, so nice. I don't, I don't think. And I he's as and smart he's a nice I boy. I I think he is. Yeah, I, I think he has good intentions. I mean, he has to like do what he needs to do in order to get by. Um, as far as like taking other people's tests for money, but he's he's using his assets. I think he's a good boy. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Well, uh, let's get to the drama of Ian, who um, poor guy. Um, you know, and and what what I like about Ian is that you know we we also do um, Glee on AfterBuzz TV, and yeah. I'm sorry, as much as I love Chris Colfer, um, I feel he plays too much into the stereotype of okay. every time I see see um, his character Kurt on the show, I'm mm-hmm. like, stop looking like you're about to cry. It's like, relax, Aww. and I, I feel like Ian's dealing with more um, human problems of mm-hmm. of you know being in that struggle. and discovering it for himself. And, uh, you know, I like that in episode one, we basically find out, like, he is gay. Mm -hmm. And now, so, because we also do Southland. um, I'm throwing out all these shows. No, I'm not advertising, but these are just in my mind. And then there's a cop, John Cooper, who uh, audiences think he's gay, but, um, I mean, it's not explicitly told. It's implicit. Um, But I like, what I like about the show is that, there we go, right off the bat, we know he's gay and we know what he's dealing with. And um,
2: Well, that's because of that that's network. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Southland, isn't it?
1: Uh, well, it used to Is be. It? Now it's on TNT.
2: Oh, now it's on TNT. But, oh, I thought
1: um, so it could would
2: be... No, oh, never mind. Yeah, it can open <laughs> up. But, I, <laughs> but I,
1: I think, you know, um, in terms of like now with all these shows that we're talking about, like the gay struggle, I think, um, you know, I think you're getting a more realistic view of it.
2: Uh, 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 yeah, a uh, wider range. I would agree with that.
3: I love how they eased it into the show. They didn't. It wasn't gay in your face. <laughs> they, they, you know, they kind of brought the drama, like you said. They brought it in with uh, a heterosexual type mm-hmm. feel with the um, what was it, Mandy's brothers?
1: Yeah. Yes. Come and on. by the way, this is uh, this is Jesse. Uh, Jeanette has Jandy. Jandy. Uh, Rich Jesse always messes Jandy. up. Rich always messes up the uh, the VO for our other shows, and uh, so that's why I know him as Jandy. But yes, and um, uh, so. but
3: I I love how. They didn't just, like you said, glee, they throw it in your face, and it's, it's drama, drama, drama. This, it was, I mean, with Ian, you, you connect with him. You feel, you, you understand him, whether you agree with homosexuality or not. You understand where he's coming from, because there was, it was based off of a lie with Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the struggles of, I mean, I mean, I was shocked to see the store owner, you know, that they had that in common. And but at least he has somebody to talk to about it. They they're leaving it at a uh, a nice level of well, it's now, not too much in your face.
1: Now Jesse, uh, let me ask you this: you 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 know that him and the stone owner are hooking up, right? I did not. Yeah, you did not. Did not yeah, they're romantically. Involved. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's how we found out. That's how we you know there were hints of it in in episode one, and sort of the climax of that Ian story in episode one was that uh, Philip found. Um, or basically, caught um, him, uh, Ian and the store owner.
2: And, and and none of the directors have done it explicitly. There's no, there hasn't been like any man on man action. Right. Um, but he, they just did it very simply with they were stocking shelves and putting stuff away. And Philip looks at them and they both have two different like each other's shoes on, like one one of their own shoes and then one of <laughs> the other dude's shoes. And he's like, No, you're not him, really and and so they've they've you know done it suggestively well, and verbally but not so visually
1: well tonight i mean there's there's no doubt about it i mean um as they're both leaving uh, uh you know mandy comes into the store and she, by the way she is so dt well she i i called it out i was like she is so dtf and for the, <laughs> those of you who watch the dirty shore and bethany Dude, this is why watch I watch be-
2: it i watch it i swear <laughs> Oh my God! She,
1: okay, so so <laughs> Bethany didn't know what it meant, even though she watched the short. What does it mean? And give us the clean version, please.
2: <laughs> what me? Yes. Then down to have sex. That would. That's what you said. There, well. And you said give the clean version, so that's yes, what it is. Yes. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And um, you know, uh, where was I go? Oh, so so they're le- so they're leaving the store because um, Ian told her that you know he's working late. He has to, they stock the shelves or whatever, and she's waiting for him um this we found out later but the him ian and the store owner have that moment where they embrace Mm. and then split off after work so there's that explicit moment of okay these guys are together
2: yeah but they didn't like kiss did they i don't know yeah they did 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 i miss that what
1: what shows are you watching
3: i missed that
2: too oh my god i I totally missed the kiss. kiss
1: Well, you guys, you guys, I will. It must have
2: been very. It was very gentle and very loving because it didn't like stick out in my mind at all.
1: Well, what's nice is, uh, I mean, I'll give you guys credit. You guys write a lot of notes. I do,
2: but I miss that. But um, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, it was it was done very. nicely i think you know wasn't over the top but it was enough to show us like okay these guys are together
2: i i like their relationship i like their relationship a lot in the first episode i was a little concerned because he was so much older than him but in this episode i kind of warmed up to them
3: yeah yeah i can see that you got like a big brother type feel
2: yeah i i as if he. i mean that he really did care for him i mean i know he's really young but
1: um, hey, that, Big brother, that sounds. Just, it, yeah, okay, that it, I'm not know,
2: gonna. No, I know where he's going with that. Okay. Thank
1: you, Bethany. <laughs> that that that's not entering. Uh, that's not gay. Now that's like. Um, uh, what do you call it <laughs> when Head you breed? Down w-
3: south. we're
2: you know, Mentor. Gonna- <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my we're God! Oh my God! Like historically
1: off. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you guys have dirty minds. I gotta. We gotta clean
3: well, this. Well, while we're on the subject, I want to say my favorite part of that whole situation was Ian being fed up with it. And he grabbed the bat, which Fiona claims the bat is used to kill people, not to bring to show and tell.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she's right.
3: And Ian storms down the street. He's just kind of had enough of it, and you know, I can kind of relate to that because there have been times where it's like, so everyone's in your business, mm-hmm. you know, and y- you know, you have your own personal life, and it gets to the point where you get fed up with it, and I mean, it, you can only run for so long.
1: So you get a bat? So you get a bat.
3: You, you take that bat off the wall, and, yeah. you, and you go to, to... What is it? Is it Mallory? Uh, Mandy. Mandy. Oh, and you go to Mandy's house, and you find her brothers, and you beat the living crap out of them. Well, and, I, and I, I, really, I appreciated that out of Ian. But then I loved that he saw Mandy, and he said, You know what? I've been hiding this as a secret. I need to tell somebody. And it was good. I feel it was good for him to find a female. Who he could uh, put himself into trust hmm
1: um well a remind me never to uh, make you angry <laughs> <laughs> um, but um you know uh just to, just to take a step back not that um uh, you know uh, you said anything wrong uh, Jesse but i I liked how you know this whole thing for for Ian spiraled out of the fact that he didn't want to hook up with her um, because he felt no attraction towards women, mm-hmm. and she spins it the other way, where they hooked up, and that's why the brothers want to beat the living snot out of him.
2: I, lo- I, I, I. At first, I was a little bit put off by like the MTV music intro of those three boys. It was like dark <laughs> shot, like camera swaying. But then I was like, actually, you just introduced him within like four seconds. It's kind of genius. I know exactly what's going on. Like I know that these are three bad dudes coming towards me. Um, I feel like in in either in their flashbacks and in their like little intros of characters, it gets very music video very mm-hmm. quickly. Um, but it as from a filmmaking perspective, it lets me know exactly who this person is within three seconds. And when I saw those three bad dudes coming, I was like, "Uh oh, uh oh, we're I in trouble now." <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I what I love about the show, and you know, I can go more into this later, but um. Just the fact that, that, you know, those moments of just giving you so much information in such a short, short time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and also what I like about the show is that they don't go for the—they strive away from the cliche, sort of. I mean, there, there's some caveats I have about it, which I can go into more. But, but in speaking of the Ian and Mandy relationship, when, as soon as he opens up to her, she just thinks it's a ploy that, okay, wait, you think I'm ugly? what no, what's going on there no. and but that to me felt real as opposed to like oh you're gay yeah that makes sense you know oh let's yeah whatever let's move on and oh, i'm so i feel so bad for you
2: that's very insightful
1: i think they 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 did a nice job with it um again more realistic i felt
2: yeah more vulnerable i love that
1: and yeah. well i love their now packed like the you know like, I've never had a real boyfriend before. Not <laughs> that you're a real boyfriend, but whatever.
2: Uh, how screwed up are these people? <laughs> it just goes to show that, like, she's like, I don't really want to have, like, a real intimate relationship with a normal, like, but, but I'll be your beard. <laughs> <laughs> and we all go, oh, that's so sweet.
3: <laughs>
1: well, I, I think, I mean, in, yeah. this, in this shameless world, I think it's a very, very sweet thing. I think Ian is a very nice kid. Obviously, dealing with his own problems, very much internally. Mm -hmm. Apart from this, um, apart from now having Mandy, he only had Philip, and you know he's who's initially was very much opposed towards the idea. Yeah. But now, now even he's kind of warming up to it. Um. But yeah, so so I like this new pact. I I think it's going to be good for him.
2: I hope so. I, I I yeah. He needs he needs more more help more teammates more people that support him and and know who and just just know him authentically
1: so So is this is this it for the brothers then
2: it for them it how
1: um like are we not going to see them like that's it um are they going to be now mad like wait what, what what was what just happened there you you hooked up with our sister now you guys are going out and everything's cool i
2: don't know no i don't think it's it for them those are like i think we'll see them again They'll probably find out he's gay, and then they'll come back for him in a few more episodes. Poor guy.
1: Well, I don't think, well, um, not to get too much into predictions, but I don't think they'll come back in that. Maybe they will, Mm -hmm. but um, what I like about the show is that they, um, you know, in the first episode, I never thought Joan Cusack and, uh, you know, uh, Karen and the the father would have (laughs) the roles that they have. I thought they were just there. That was it. Some kid got a blowjob, and, you know, as funny as that was, that was yeah. about it.
2: No, really?
1: I, I, honest to God, that's what I... I, I almost thought it was going to go that lame route, Really, and it hasn't, and I like that.
2: Nah, you uh, don't bring Joan Cusack into a series and give her, like, a little bit
1: part. By the way, I have to say, I... I, um, One of the only movies that fully sticks out in my mind with her is um, Adam's Family Values, because I love that movie <laughs> so much, and I've seen it over and over, mm-hmm. And uh so I just keep thinking of her as the sort of uh, very angry wife trying to kill her trying to kill Fester <laughs> in that movie. And uh you know and she play her nickname is the black widow cuz she kills all her husbands and just the whiny like the whole reason was because she never got uh Malibu Barbie from her parents. <sighs> they gave her like uh whatever some like uh I don't know some other Barbie. But anyway, yeah, I just I just that's my recollection yeah. of Joan Cusack for the most part. That's really funny. Is that sad? What's yours?
2: Uh, Joan Cusack, I you know I don't have like any any like I just see her all the time, and any time I see her, she's always hilarious. I can't like think of anything off the top of her head. I remember she had a sitcom once that I really liked, but I mm-hmm. think she's a, a fabulous character actress, and I just I I love the work that she does.
1: Fantastic. Jesse, do you uh, any any movies, TV shows that you, that uh? Uh,
3: I mean, Adam's family, obviously. <laughs> so. But it, like Beth says, like I can't really think of off the top of my head movies that she's been in. Mm-hmm. But I love her. I re- like every yeah, time you watch her, you can you really can connect with her, and she just um she just makes me happy.
1: And she plays. I mean, even in this show, she plays such a screwed up person. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the agoraphobic mother. <laughs> I mean i and I loved you know, um just the fact of Frank, Frank's such a narcissist, like okay, yeah, you know, Joan says, okay, I'm gonna do it i'm gonna I'm gonna go get groceries, wait, I thought oh, she kicks him, yeah, Karen kicks him, and like, okay, this is the day, and just uh, Karen knew the routine, had to get the pills, okay, mm-hmm. no nope, today, today is not your day, but uh i love I love her character
2: it's it's a recurring theme in this show, children. Acting like adults, taking care of their parents that are like children.
1: Well, it's it's kind of encouraging to see because uh, <laughs> you know my theory is that my generation is so screwed up that we're doomed and we're gonna we're yeah. gonna create the doomsday device. Yeah. But uh, so I like I like the encouragement from this show, despite the uh, the shameless forays in which we do it. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it is encouraging. Um, speaking of, however, we open up. This whole episode um, on Tony and Fiona in a car.
2: I know. They talk about it being a big bang. No pun intended. <laughs>
1: no, you def- <laughs> don't even tell me you didn't intend that pun.
2: <laughs> but it is. And like, I, I actually, I mean, I thought it was really cute and lovely, but the, I didn't get the whole children view, like the, the, all the school children like came out and viewed them. And then yeah, that was it. That was like their cold open. I mean, <laughs> you,
1: you you knew because he invited her for the basketball thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's where they were the, uh, supposedly attending. But wow,
2: no, they weren't. She's continuing. a bad girl,
1: by the way. She's corrupting <laughs> a lot of lot of men. Oh, Bethany. Dude. I mean, uh, you you and so what with the, the sirens? The siren? I I feel like I feel like by the way, um, Bethany denies this, but she kind of looks like the uh, the actress who plays Fiona,
2: Emmy Rossum.
1: Yes, in some sense, in some ways, in some and ways. um, and to me, I would describe him as the Greek sirens—the
2: Greek sirens that were going off those blue lights. Yeah, they just call <laughs> them in and just destroy men. <laughs> That's really funny. Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> she's um, she's, I, I'm surprised. No, oh gosh, I'm, maybe I'm getting into a tangent with her performance as an actress. But the, you know, the first episode, I was like, mm, nah, okay. Second episode, mm, okay. But the, I really liked her in this episode. I thought she was fabulous. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's just kind of grown on me, but I'm so used to seeing her. And we've discussed this as a pretty princess. And so proper and so lovely. And well,
1: you and I have discussed it, but we'll we'll we'll, dis- yeah. we'll definitely discuss it more in a special segment. Yeah. But yeah, conti- uh, Just uh, give us a little but, bit more. But
2: I, I really liked her in this episode, um, and so yeah, we see her and Tony in the car, um, and all of those little children run out to view them. Uh, and, and I love that she just kind of laughs at it. She doesn't, again, here we go, shameless. She doesn't cover herself up. She, like, just well, like, I, puts I, well, her she, what? shirt on. She kind of, uh, like, puts her shirt on, and then she's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is really funny.
1: Well, those kids definitely <laughs> got a sexual education that Man. night. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, obviously, he sends her um, the next day flowers. Um, and Fiona, well, Steve brings them in. And Fiona, who did she mistake him for? She was like, "Oh, they're not for me. They're are they are from whatever."
2: He he uh, he. No, Steve goes, "They're not from me," and she's like, "Sure they are," and he's like, "No, they're not." And of course they're not from Steve because if they were from Steve, the house would have been filled with roses. That's true. <laughs> it wouldn't have been just two roses that like he clearly got mm-hmm. it like super stop and shop.
1: So so Tony Tony's no good at this?
2: No, no, Tony's adorable at it, but he's exactly what he confesses to be.
1: Above average? Yeah,
2: uh, a virgin. Okay. You uh, know, he's like he doesn't know what to do. He no brings experience. like like two flowers in Saran wrap, like, "Hey, here you go."
0: And he didn't
3: <laughs> even bring them. He, they were dropped off.
1: Right? <laughs> so 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 you have to uh so in order to be good at that stuff, you have to have not been a virgin? Is that what you're telling me? No,
2: I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, like it was. It that was, was the stuff
1: I was doing to try to lose my virginity. <laughs> not.
2: <laughs> it's just like it's like it's adorable. It's very sweet. It's very naive. Whereas Steve is very grand and like, I mean, it's it's very big and bold with him. I mean, what did it, on their first date? Didn't he like get her not a date? I mean, he got her like a washer then washer and dryer the next day because he. He saw that she needed it.
1: Yes, indeed.
2: I, you know, I think Steve. It must be really hard for her because I think Steve really sees who she is and gets her and gets where she comes from. Well, Tony but, doesn't care to. to. No, Tony like just thinks she's like the sweet girl next door, and she's like, dude, I don't, I don't know who you think I am, but I am not that person. And she doesn't care to reveal it to him either because I, I think she enjoys. Doesn't care. He doesn't care, but I don't think she. Cares to reveal it because she enjoys the attention. Because I think if she, she felt as if she really did reveal herself to him, he would he would be appalled.
1: Oh, there you go with your smart take again. Whatever. Well, uh, here's a fun quiz. How many how many guys has Fiona slept with? I have no idea. She says it. Oh she says God. it in this episode.
3: Ninety four.
2: Shut up.
1: Ninety four guys.
3: No. My friend thought ninety five, but she corrected her. Ninety four.
1: Yes, indeed.
2: Do, how do you, how can you keep count at that point?
1: Jesse gets. Je- by the way, the tickets are going to Jesse for knowing that fact. Yes. So that <laughs> solves that mystery.
2: <laughs> I love it how, you, how the guys remember it.
1: <laughs> well, we just th- we just think she's a, a whore. Can I say whore? I just did. Uh, yeah,
3: sure. Say it three times.
1: Whore, whore, whore. You know. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but uh. <laughs> wow you know 94 guy and 94. that's what she is like i love how tony's kind of looking for love and whatever you know thinks she's like grand and you know what like first night she really met steve they hooked up and and steve obviously i think has the potential and the uh the know-it-all to sort of be with a girl like fiona tony doesn't this guy's this guy's suckered into a really, he he can't stand his ground in this
2: I just, I just find it so bizarre that he's been across the street this whole time, and he doesn't know who she really is.
1: Well, I, I,
3: I'm sorry wanna th-
2: I'm still hung up on this, but, <laughs> like, I just, I find it so hard to believe.
3: Well, don't you also find, I mean, Tony's a, a police officer, and her brother comes in with a beat-up face, and he doesn't ask any questions about it.
2: I know, isn't that Now, awful? Steve
3: would have, I believe Steve would have grabbed a bat, went down... Found out who did that and taking mm. care of business. I know. All right,
1: so I'm going to give you my explanation, that. you guys can dispute this. Okay, tell us, Steve, tell us. Uh, t- Tony is the wuss in all of this, and he will take... So uh, we heard him say that in fifth grade, him and Fiona were married. Now, the way I envision this relationship since that point is that Fiona's always been in charge, and when she said... Um, and every time like Fiona's told Steve like a direction, like, don't do this, don't do this... Steve's always gone against it, not done it, whatever. Whereas Tony, if, if Fiona said don't talk about my dad, he will never bring up her dad in a conversation unless it's absolutely vital or whatever, but he will drop it, you know what I mean, on a dime. Mm-hmm. And he just takes direction. And so that's why he, you know, he doesn't know anything about the family because Fiona doesn't want him to know like you said. And that's it.
2: So are are you let me get this straight. Are you're saying that she, he listens to her?
1: He he does what she wants.
2: Okay, that's different. Yeah.
1: And uh, so therefore he doesn't know a lot. Whereas Steve, he's not doing it, and, and so that's why Tony's not really going out and finding uh, Philip's uh, sort of uh, whatever he, bullies um, is because Fiona probably doesn't care for him to do that. And I so he's that.
2: By that, and wait, what why? I mean, how old is Tony? I mean, really?
1: I don't know. What do you think, 22? How, how old are any of these kids? Well,
3: for him to be a virgin, but
2: I don't know. Well, yeah. I, th- he, well, I thought he was like 27, yeah,
3: he I, I, I 28,
2: would have said, uh,
1: late 20s. Not that I'm judging. Here. So, how old is Emma?
2: I, I would say she's like 28.
1: Okay. I thought these kids were like 23s, 24s, but sure. Maybe,
2: maybe they are. I don't know. I
1: thought maybe. I don't know. I'm a poor judge of like age, you know. I see like 13-year-olds now and, you know, on TV and I'm like, oh my God, these look like seven-year-olds, but yeah. And uh, so then uh, we see sort of towards the end of the the episode that Fiona is standing outside um, the house. She's supposed to meet Tony and his mother for dinner, seven o'clock sharp. And she's she's very much dolled up, you know, kind of, you know, wanted to try to be there, but then in the end couldn't, goes to see Steve, and uh, that's where we pretty much leave off the episode. Yeah. So, I mean, she always had feelings for Steve.
2: I guess so. I, you know, but she's, ugh, I don't know what she's see, doing. I, she, I She doesn't know what she's doing. I
3: kind of feel like she realized where she didn't belong. At that moment she took it in She saw them walk in as a family And she was kind of like No No, I don't belong
1: I think Well if uh, There was that great moment um, You know when uh, Before Before uh, Philip interrupts The conversation between Tony and Fiona um, They're standing outside And they're talking And she And Tony asks about Steve And Fiona doesn't really Give him a straight answer I forget exactly what the line is But she diverts it Mm -hmm. And um, So she always knew it's like one of those things, you know something's good for you, but you just don't want to do it. And Steve's that guy that's good for her.
2: Oh, you think he's good for her?
1: I think he's better than the 93 but. other guys. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm on Team Steve. Uh, okay. Are you on Team Steve, um, Bethany? I, I
2: don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm going to stay. I agree with... You like Tony? I, I just don't... I, like What I want to do is I want to do what that little kid was trying to do. And like melt them together <laughs> into one person A very symbolic interesting
1: so <laughs> you want her to hit 90 I f- do. so are you saying you want her to hit 95 and find that guy or or are we going straight to 100 and it's guy number 100
2: right I just maybe maybe it's guy number 100 I just want I would just want like pieces of both of them to equal one man because I just think that they're like they're each missing the part of each other that the other person needs so what's Steve <laughs> missing? What's Steve missing? I think Steve's missing the ability to, like, f- what you were saying, like, follow direction. And when she says, I want this, to go, oh, okay, that's that's what I should do. Because in some point, I mean, I'm not saying he has to be, like, a trained dog. But, like, <laughs> you have to listen to what somebody else wants and go, oh, okay, I, I accept that. You know? And maybe maybe he needs, like, a real job instead of stealing stuff. That was something that she pointed out. Like I'm, he was like, "Why are you dating that fool?" And she was basically like, "Because he has a real job, and that's something that he kind of needs." I Tony mean, ain't he,
1: making no money. To-
2: Tony? C- oh no, I mean Steve. Steve needs to. Yeah,
1: but Tony, Tony with his real job, he ain't making no money.
2: He's he's not, but I mean, he's not gonna like end up in jail. I mean,
1: I I, I don't think Steve's gonna end up in any jail. Look at him, kid's smart. Um. Got across. Uh, He got everyone across Canada, there and back, very safely, twice. Um, He, you know, he obviously has lots of money. Look at him. Guy's awesome.
2: Yeah, but he's not making an honest living. Uh,
1: Honest to himself.
2: Okay, okay, that's fine.
1: You know? I mean, at the end of the day, how... uh, Okay, so let's get to this. How honest is Frank Gallagher? And yet still... Kicking it and being amazing, living like a rock star, no matter what. Shameless. Uh, He's such absol- a
2: disaster. He's a total disaster.
1: In what sense? In
2: every sense. <laughs> I mean, he puts so much effort into the wrong things. I mean, <laughs> I'm <not laughs> I just-, just
1: laughing at all. <laughs> having a flashback of my own to all the things he does in this episode.
2: I mean, he puts. Where, where, where do we begin?
1: Okay, so let's be. So yeah. he, we finish off last episode where he basically um, uses um, the the uh, the pain of of um, Joan Cusack's husband to his advantage Absolutely. by li- by living yeah. with her. Um, that and he still wants he wants to get laid on top of that and everything else. The laid thing kind of works, but it doesn't because it's so like. Brutal and S M type stuff, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But now he gets a good deal out of it—beer, um, awesome food. <laughs> he's being the, the the father to Karen instead of Philip.
2: He says, "What are your intentions to his own son for Karen going out with him?" That I that was pretty funny.
1: Yes, and then uh, so he's and I love you know I just loved looking at back at Bethany in the screening room and just screaming, "This guy's deal is awesome." <laughs> this guy's life just can't get any better.
2: It's, uh, you know, for him, no. You're absolutely right. His life cannot get any better. He's totally content.
1: And then, uh, you know, our, our favorite, Joan Cusack, uh, she tries to beat her agoraphobia in some sense and go outside. She can't. Mm-hmm. And then I love how Frank sees this as an opportunity to go drinking. He just grabs the money, leaves um, leaves the list, and obviously gets called out on it, and uh, then has to take it. <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, wh- okay, you just picture you're in uh, Frank's shoes, and uh, you take the money. What were you going to come home with?
2: I, I mean, well, we saw what he, we, he, he eventually came home with. We didn't see the scene when he comes home with it, but he runs next, he runs, I don't know, they're probably like a few blocks down, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. um, and goes into his house and starts putting water and milk and, like, Putting the bread back into the bread bag, and he's—that's what he's gonna bring home. <laughs> but,
1: and and as shameless as that is, what was he gonna come home with before? Then he just—I don't know. What was he, I think I uh, honestly I think he was gonna take like what I, I, I think she had like a hundred dollar bill, and he was gonna come home with like a piece of cheese and be like, "There you go, I did the groceries. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy has no shame." And, uh, <laughs> and,
2: and and yet Joan Cusack must keep him around to, um, I mean, he he must meet some need of hers, or she wouldn't keep him there. So in uh-huh. some like weird, bizarre way, they 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 work for each other. They com-
1: they complete each yeah, other. Yeah,
2: it's like some. I mean, we all we all know those couples that were like, why are you together? Like, what is going on? And that, but in like some weird way, they're satisfying some type of need that the other person has. And it works, man. I mean, we don't we just say, I don't know, I'm staying out of it and, and just let them do their thing.
1: Well, I, and, and for me, that was the problem. His uh, you know, uh, we obviously the inciting incident of this episode uh, came a little bit late, but it's the uh, basically the, the check that they receive monthly um, because they're on ginger. And I just, I just, at that moment, I was like, oh no, Frank Steele is up. No, I don't want to see that. I want to see Frank awesome. I know. And, uh, but, you know, so basically, we go through the whole thing of we got to get on Ginger. And eventually we learn that on Ginger is dead.
2: Oh, shame. And and not just dead from old age, dead from snorting cocaine (laughs) off of a (laughs) table at like.
3: With a dollar bill
1: rolled up her Our nose,
2: nose. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that and and so they go to the old folks' home, and they. By nab. the way, she's
1: buried. She where, where she's buried?
2: In the backyard. It's so crazy, right?
1: Underneath the grill, or whatever it was. Oh my god! Just yeah. these people. I I I wish I you know I don't wish I had their lives, but I wish I had their lives.
2: I'm Shameless. curious at who this is based off of.
1: I, well, I have a friend in Chicago. Um, he, he corresponds for our Jersey Shore. Okay. Um, you may know him from there as Ian Kaiser Sose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to get to the bottom of this uh, of how do people in Chicago live and whether or not this is a accurate representation of how awesome it is.
2: I wonder if people are up in arms as they are with the Jersey Shore.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But, um, so as you mentioned, Bethany, we go on. Uh, I wrote down as my note, "Grandma shopping." Grandma
2: shopping. <laughs> I love that.
1: Um, and it, it, to find, and I mean, I I always forget the little girl's name, but I love. She storms in. And she's like, "How about this one? now? how about that?" Like they are grandma shopping.
2: They really are. That would be accurate. They they look for a grandma with Alzheimer's, and they find her.
1: Yeah, and that, you know, she, she comes back to Fiona and uh, it's almost as if, like, you're again, this is why I called it grandma shopping is because uh, the little girl comes back and Fiona's like, we need the one with Alzheimer's. And so it's almost as if, like, okay, you're buying cheese and you're like, we need the one with the most calcium. Yeah, or <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And uh, what a, per- they, they find the perfect match. Yeah, they do. And uh, Bethany, we we talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the actress, we've seen her in a bunch of stuff, or whatever, or no? I don't can...
2: know. Maybe I, I don't. I she don't... looked familiar. She enough. looked familiar, but I, I mean, I have no idea. I thought she did an excellent job. She was, she was a happy woman with Alzheimer's versus the cranky version, which is so not fun. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Um, but it really worked for for
1: for what they were looking for.
2: Oh, the FBI agent! I've seen her in a ton of things too. I don't know who she is. We'll have to look her up.
1: I bet she's a real FBI agent that comes to your house. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but um, and uh, and I loved how you know we it worked to their advantage because I could see any other type of show really, and then just it turning out to be a disaster with On Ginger. But I love the fact that like On Ginger is awesome and she is On Ginger.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. If it was a sitcom, it would have went terribly wrong and on Ginger would have, like, messed it all up. But in the reality that they've created here, like, Aunt Ginger rocked it out and she did a great job.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and the problem, problem isn't with uh, everyone else is helping them. It's them that are so messed up that they're only creating problems for themselves. Mm-hmm. And mainly Frank, sure, but um, all the others as well. But, um, one thing, but before we went grandma shopping... We got uh Mr. Perry, the uh, bus driver with a boner, and everyone. I loved how everyone knew Mr. Perry except for Frank.
2: Of course, because Frank's completely out of touch with what's going on in his family, (laughs) or like what's going on in anybody's life. He doesn't care. But yeah, (laughs) but he again, this man goes to so much effort to make him a. I mean, it takes more effort to find a homeless man on the street and dress him up as a woman than it does to simply go and, like, find a grandma. He just puts so much effort into the wrong thing.
1: I I think he did and he didn't. I mean, I love, he was trying to, he tried, but, you know, he went to the mission and then he's kind of, like, climbing that ladder and uh, out of the heavens, there's Mr. Perry talking to him. And the spark of genius and Mr. Perry goes along with it for God knows what reason and God knows what reason he has a boner. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> I mean what was turning him on in that that house? Have, the heat? I have no idea. No, cuz the lack of heat. <laughs> the lack of heat. I don't think I don't think guys That's get so erections uh, my, too much in the cold.
2: My question is, what kind of mission has a bouncer? Yikes. I was so confused by that. I I was like, am I missing something here? Like why is there a bouncer at a mission? Did I is, is the mission something that I... I don't, I don't See, know. I'm so out of touch with that
1: kind of stuff that I was just like, okay. Well, Jesse, I, yeah. you're
2: laughing. You seem to... I, I mean,
3: agree. <laughs> like, did they have a guest list? I don't... <laughs> I, don't,
2: I, don't I, I still don't fully understand that.
3: No,
1: that was very awkward. Yeah.
2: That was the only part in tonight that I was like, I... I don't know. I don't know what's going on now.
1: <laughs> but I get... I, I, you didn't think... It, uh, at least it lend itself nicely to that joke of Frank uh, putting his arm around the woman and then pointing to quote the big guy forgives everyone
3: with the mustache
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again no shame which is why the uh the title is so perfect Shameless. um but uh so mis- we see Mr. Perry he gets uh and as soon as we get um Aunt Ginger the real Aunt Ginger he's carried away given his coat almost not even given his coat but yeah have fun out here buddy i know um And I love The little girl and uh, Aunt Ginger Gravitate towards each other And we have this nice montage With pictures and you know everything And again I love Aunt Ginger I really (laughs) (laughs) I love the world they created
2: The little girl loved Aunt Ginger too The little
1: girl's name is Debbie
2: Debbie oh
1: okay That's the uh, That's her name and the character? Yes Okay She was great Um, She was and, uh, And I loved Aunt Ginger Is an amazing chef and uh she's teaching <laughs> she's teaching the little girl all these things and uh not to cut too much ahead but um Debbie is taking all these notes and uh, after the meeting with the FBI agent um our aunt Ginger says yeah that was the first time i was with a black person <laughs> and, and Debbie writes it down in her notepad i know oh, so okay sweet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's how twisted it is that, like, you see it and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> like, it just breaks your heart a little bit. You don't go, Oh, that's so gross. So you go, oh. I, I, I love the
3: scene of them when they wake up in the morning and Debbie was next to Aunt Ginger in the bed. <laughs> and she just had that pure smile on her face like, I have a grandmother, an aunt. I have somebody yeah, to care for and love. Somebody
2: like to that. spend time with.
1: Now, again, most... Um, most shows, this is like, let's say like 50% of the shows, um, definitely would probably go the way of, oh no, she's dead. Yeah. You know? And that's why I like, cause, cause I was very nervous at that point, but then I saw Aunt Ginger breathe in, breathe out. I was like, okay, she's alive. Yeah. Um, so I liked that. And, uh, okay. So finally the FBI comes and, uh, we have a nice sit down <laughs> and Frank just being so rude. And you could see he was kind of tense in the beginning um when Abby said "Hi, I'm Abby. I'm going to ask you a few questions and then." He was feeling out to see what Aunt Ginger would say and then mm-hmm. when she went off on her tangent of the dancing thing, Frank just sits back like, "Yep. Go ahead, FBI woman. You got nothing here." I know.
2: I I I think she'll be back for more though. <laughs> I really I, do.
1: Yeah.
3: I think I mean, I hope so because I was really disappointed that they had to bring her back. Yeah. I wanted her to stay in the house and cook and clean.
2: No, no, I mean the FBI agent will be back. I don't know if Aunt Ginger will be back. I hope she does come back, but I I don't know. I think the the FBI FBI is going to come back.
3: Yeah, I hope they don't, yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to bring a couple characters in for that.
1: (laughs) But, uh, I mean, just such an awkward meeting. I love, uh, you know, um, you always, uh, if you're doing, like, a film, it's always very bad uh, production design, as we call it, to have, like, all photos... Um, of a family all stacked together or whatever in one background. And I love all the photos they had of Aunt Ginger are on the mantelpiece. <laughs> That's it. Just so when the FBI agent lady walks in, there it is. Yep, we're a family. It's yep. a facade. With the same outfit in every picture.
2: <laughs> it's true.
1: I know. They took it. I mean, I you know, now that I think about it, I wonder, right? It was like two days that they were they had Aunt Ginger or maybe it was one? No, it was
3: just one day. She had that red suit, that red whatever type of outfit that was, and every picture was just her, in the same same room, the same outfit, just doing different things.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed, but luckily, we finally get the check, and uh, Frank immediately goes for it, but Fiona steals it back, and uh, again, (coughs) excuse me, Frank just wants to go booze.
2: Yep, but uh, Emmy or Fiona... Just nabs it out of his hand, and well, we she gotta gets pay the heat. To, she, yeah, she has to pay her heating bills. Ugh, there's nothing worse than being in a house with no heat in the winter time.
1: How did Aunt Ginger um, take to that? I mean, in the fact, that, like she seemed pretty normal, yet there is supposedly this uh, coldness in the air. I don't know. By the way, I give these kids a lot of credit for even getting up in the morning. If the you know, character-wise. Of, um, you know, that it's so cold out Because especially, like, in the wintertime I remember in Boston, it'd be so cold You don't want to leave your bed, you know You yeah. just want to, and, and, right, okay So, Jesse, you're from Massachusetts I went to, I, I grew up in Connecticut Went to uh, college in Boston And then, Bethany, you also attended um, I'm from Rhode Island You're from Rhode Island and also went to school in Massachusetts I did, yes So, uh, it, it is tough to get up when it's that cold, right? It's awful Very much so I give, it, I give these kids a lot, a lot of credit. And they're in Chicago, so it's even colder. I guess nah, so. Well, Boston, Boston is a windier city overall. It's a misconception. Mm-hmm. I don't know about temperature. Um, Chicago may or may not be colder. I, I don't know that fact, but I know Boston is windier. Really? Yes, indeed. So Chicago, F I'm tired <laughs> of the stereotype. <laughs> um, That's funny. But you can have some of that wind because it was miserable sometimes. Just mm-hmm. too much wind. All, Boston was pretty much a wind tunnel. It was not good. But, um, I mean, so basically, on Ginger is freed. Uh, we put her back in her nursing home or the grocery store, I guess. You know, if we're going to keep to that analogy. Yeah. You know, we had to return it. and um, And I love that they didn't quite get away with it. She is now on the news.
2: No. Yeah. They didn't. It didn't. Didn't quite hash out the way they had planned, but they don't seem to mind. I mean, no. Frank's on the couch, like, huh? Look at that. All right.
1: Well, that's because Frank's
3: narcissistic. I know. And that leaves the door open for your FBI lady to come it back. Does. And. Yeah,
1: and I think the big, the big thing was that, um, you know, the question. Hi, I'm Abby, and I have a few questions for you. And that's the thing she repeated then, and you just kind of like, whatever. This just this lady's crazy, but now it comes back even harder because she's still repeating that, I know. and. Connections will be made. And why am I making this connection? Not you, Bethany. You're I, always the smart no, one. No,
2: I, no. I know. It probably will happen. My goodness. I, uh, the FBI is coming back.
1: The FBI is coming back. Well, um... Why don't we go to our commercial break on that note, because I think uh, that wraps it up for this, and we'll go to our special segment right after that. You want to find out what the afterbuzz
0: is about? Janice is a drama queen. This
2: yeah. is the divide that is going to carry the series.
0: Give us a call at 347-855-8269. This
2: television, and they want it to be as dramatic as possible.
0: I mean, it's serious. You
2: never know what goes on behind closed doors.
0: Get in on the afterbuzz. 347. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy, Nucky is a villain. Listen on iTunes. I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Find us on Facebook. Your husband or your best friend? Follow us on Twitter. And then she's
2: oh, trying to kill him, so it justifies fun. it. I'm like, oh, now it makes sense.
0: And visit us <laughs> at AfterBuzzTV.com. The wig! The wig will come
2: on, that wig
3: come off, baby. No, <laughs>
0: what? Boardwalk Empire. Desperate Housewives. Glee, Gossip Girl, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, True Blood, The Walking Dead, Big Love, Jersey Shore, The Oscars, Celebrity Rehab, The Emmys. If, if it's hot, hot, you can bet we'll be buzzing about it.
1: Okay, so for this week's special segment, we're going to talk about what we like about the show. Now, we sort of hinted at it in the uh, throughout the uh, as we discussed the episode. But um, I'm just going to make this generalization of what I initially gave it um, after seeing one episode, and that it's uh, it's the trashy version of Gossip Girl. And when mm-hmm. when uh, Bethany and I were um, in communication back and forth whether or not we should do this, she said, "You're right."
2: I know you're absolutely right. <laughs> it is a trashier, more revealing, darker side of humanity. Um, but yet still like in in a very like glorified kind of way which well, is which is gossip girl
1: Well uh, I'm, I may amend that um, because I love the reason why I said that initially was because in the first episode um, it was it, it was uh, a lot of characters um, they sort of had their status within this world um, high and low and uh, you know throughout it was very uh, montage esque and uh, had lots of music, you know, mm-hmm. which Gossip Girl has. But now I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of retract that statement a little bit because I feel like Shameless is a little bit smarter than Gossip Girl.
2: Okay, I would agree with that. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, whereas, and maybe it's just me, but uh, I, you know, it's a mi-
2: different audience.
1: Definitely a different audience.
2: <laughs> you could say that. I um. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. no. I Go ahead. I mean. I love the intro to the show that it, it's, I mean, it, it does sum up the, the experience of it. It's almost like a short film with it itself because it's like 12 people in one bathroom. And when like 12 people are using one bathroom, it's, it's going to be a, a little shameless. You well, know? It's going to be a little dirty. You're going to see things you're not going to want to see. And, and yeah, it's kind of
1: gross. Well, for me, I mean, uh, obviously we didn't get that intro in, in uh, episode one, right? No, no, I
2: don't think we did. I don't remember it, at least. We, I
1: don't think we did. And then, and then uh, and, uh, when I saw episode two, I thought that was the opening of the episode, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a nice, like, story-wise recap to it. Um, I'm warming up. So as, we, as soon as we started watching this episode, I'm like, wait, 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 this is a repeat. What's going on? I, I got freaked out. I didn't realize that was the opening sequence or whatever you, title sequence, whatever you want to call it. And I, I gotta say, I have to warm up to it because I, I really liked it more as a story um, element rather than an opening sequence. Mm-hmm. I thought I think they could have gone a little bit better, but you know, I'm warming up to it. it. Just caught me off guard. I gotta say,
2: yeah,
3: I love it. I think it's different, unique. It kind of reminded me of The Simpsons a little bit, just you know, with mm-hmm. real people. But I, I just thought I thought it was really creative.
1: Well, I mean, very, I mean, you see someone's butt, man, that's <laughs> <laughs> apart from uh, all the other sort of thing. I mean, the, uh, what's the little kid's name? Um, he pulls mm-hmm. like a teddy out of the, uh, oh my.
2: I don't know his name. He's like the unknown child. Well, I like, I had like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do, whose kid is he? Do that's what it? I mean.
2: He's like the unknown child. I don't think any of us are quite sure. Right, out of the three of us, do any of them us know whose baby that is?
1: I I, I, I want to think that it's uh, Kevin and uh, you know the the neighbors.
2: It might be we I I I don't. I guess I'll have to go back and watch the other episodes again. I don't think they, I, I I don't think they tell us though. I don't know if they have told us just yet. Which is kind of genius if that's if that's what they've done. Being like. Uh, Fiona keeps taking care of this baby, but we don't really know who, ba- who, like whose baby it is. And in this type of neighborhood, I don't know if it really matters because, like, everybody's kind of helping out.
1: Fair enough. I think I think this kid's got a great deal. He's pimping it. I th- you know, Fiona carries him everywhere. That's awesome. It's, I think he's got a mini crush on Fiona in some sense.
2: <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> me? Yeah. You look at me.
1: His name's Liam. 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 Little Liam.
2: Does it say whose child
1: he is? It does not. Ah. That's no. good.
2: Do you like Emmy's performance?
1: Well, I, I, very much so. Okay. I mean, um, you know, we have, uh, we'll have her take in the news and gossip, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I think, she, you know, like with all, we're seeing a lot with all these actresses, like Anne Hathaway, did a, pretty much a whole movie where she was naked just to break out of that uh, Princess and- Diaries.
2: In Rachel Getting Married? She no. Was, she wasn't naked in that. Uh, and love and before an, that. Love and
1: Other Drugs. Okay. The the most recent one.
2: Oh, I didn't, I have yet to see that.
1: Oh, Bethany, I'm she's, so disappointed. No, she's
2: another one that's a pretty princess.
1: Yes, and then, uh, you know, with Natalie Portman in The Black Swan, and now No Strings Attached. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing all these sort of good girls trying to break out.
2: Just to be clear, I do think that Anne Hathaway is a fantastic comedic actress. She's, she is a pretty princess. but she's With, a, with a, or without a shirt? <laughs> Both. <laughs> I, th- I, I, I do think she's very funny. I think she's, she's great timing.
1: Fair enough. Um, so, you know, I, I, do, I do like uh, Emma's performance. Emma or Emily? Emmy. 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 It's
2: Emmy. Emmy. Yeah.
1: That's it. I got to get her name right if I want to date her.
2: I have a hard time buying her as a tough girl. Like, but, but I, again, I'm warming up to her like this, this episode. But is she really a tough girl? I think when you live that way, yeah, I think you are a tough girl. I think you, you got a lot of shit to put up with. I think you try to, to pretend
1: do. to be a tough girl.
2: Yeah, but, but there's a part of you that's, that's, you know, I, I mean, my mother's a tough girl. You know, she definitely grew up in, in a neighborhood similar to that, like third floor tenement building. And she's a smart intelligent vulnerable lovely woman but she's also a tough girl mm-hmm. and i just i don't necessarily know if emmy's had that upbringing to to bring to it but but i think she's doing a fantastic acting job
1: so so she's now required to listen to our show <laughs>
2: yeah <right. laughs> for uh
1: <laughs> fair enough we'll, we'll we'll send you fan mail yeah we will and uh, we'll get you up to par. We'll we'll make your performance even better. <laughs> but uh, okay, uh, so Bethany, what else do you like about the show?
2: I, I, again, I, I think I said it earlier, but I love its balance of comedy and drama. You know, there's some hilarious moments that everybody knows the bus driver, and Frank doesn't know the bus driver, and he's like dressed up as a woman. And then you have some really beautiful moments with uh, Debbie crying over the fact that she... She needs somebody in her life. Uh, a, like a, a, a guiding grandmother figure that just spends time with her and talks to her. And so it just, you know, it's not... In in a television world where it's a comedy or a drama or a dramedy and we're, we're all about labeling things, I feel like it just has a really nice ease to it, and it's both.
1: Fair enough. Um, I like, for me, I like... Um, I I like the writing especially I think mm-hmm. it's great And I liked um, how It really solidified me In episode 2 um, When you know All these sort of characters We were introduced to In episode 1 Who could have just been um, You know Just sort of Left on the table As it were um, They really came back And they have roles mm-hmm. All these people have roles And you sort of know Which ones won't Like a milkman You know You'll probably see him once And that's yeah. it but but uh, for the most part anytime uh any of these characters have um a good at least like a, a a minute worth of dialogue back and forth, you can bet that that person will come back in some capacity, whether a friend or a foe yeah and so i like that I like the style of the show very much i I like its uh hip hop montage esque mm-hmm. um you know you get a lot um i mean if you think about it a this show has no commercials. So, it's already an hour. Not only that, within that hour, you get so much. Because, you know, like you we were mentioning before, in three seconds, I, you can get the whole backstory of the whole grandma. And not only that, that means you understand the family, you understand Frank. You, you just, all of a sudden, it hits you in those three seconds of everything that you understand. Um, in the first episode, I was amazed how much we found out in six minutes about this whole family. Yeah. You know, from the washer to how they go to school, how they pay their bills, you know, the family dynamic. Obviously, they don't care about the father. So, I think it, it's it's very creative in the way it's shot, the way it's edited, um, and obviously that I, I believe that comes from the writing. Yeah. Um, Jesse, what about you? Um, what do you like about the show?
3: I love the name of the show. I love the name because every scene, which, and also I love the pace of the show, Mm -hmm. just like you just said, um, they don't stick on, you know, it's basically two characters a scene. Um, They don't really stick on the characters for too long, so the pace is, it's fast. And every scene, they do something and you just want to say, shameless. These people (laughs) are shameless. So they did an excellent job with that. Um, And I love the characters, I think all of these characters as crazy as they are there's just something inside each one of them that you can as shameless as it is you just you you want to reach out and be like i love you <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah um and i mean uh there's this book that i'm absolutely in love with it's called infinite Jest. um it's by david foster wallace and uh it was written back in 1996, and it's, you know, it's been called, like, uh, within the book, the most endearing American family ever, and I I almost, not that, honest to God, like, you can't, it's very tough to compare anything to sort of that, but if there's anything that sort of at least uh, is going towards that level, I think this family is that, where it's just a screwball comedy, um, you see their lives, and it's just entertaining. But it's real problems, and you feel for each of them, despite their uh, sort mm-hmm. of. And uh, even even William H H Macy, play, who plays uh, Frank Gallagher, very funny, and you know he is very shameless. Yeah. But um, at the same time, it's just so damn funny mm-hmm. to see him. I mean, guys stealing bread from everywhere. He's pouring cups of juice into whatever he can just to just to bring back groceries so he can go drink. Yeah. Like just go get the gro. You got a good deal going, buddy. You don't need to mm-hmm. just go get the groceries and get the beer. It's okay.
2: He's excellent in this.
1: Absolutely, and just hates Canada and like. Oh, and I loved, you know, mm-hmm. in last episode he just comes back, Frank the Frank the Plank, and just hates his whole welcome thing because he thinks not not people actually didn't care that they're making fun of him. <laughs> he just he's just all about his deal. Um so that that's what I really love about the show. Um, anything else, Bethany, that you just absolutely love? And you know what? And even if even if uh, tell us what you may not fully like yet what or
2: whatever I may not fully like yet. Um, I, you know what? Actually, I mean, I I can't decide what I don't fully like yet because this is the first episode that I've actually um, liked, and I liked a lot of things about it. I um, you know, I feel like with William. This is actually not answering your question at all, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like that he's playing something. William H Macy is playing something within his wheelhouse. Like a, a lot of the times when actors take on a series, they'll play something that's really far from themselves. Maybe not a lot of the times, but like we see it with Steve Buscemi and in Boardwalk, and it's very far from what he's used to. We love him in it, but it took us as the viewers a while to get on board. It wasn't until, yeah. at least for me, like like the fifth episode where I was loving Buscemi's p- performance. Um, I love the show as a whole, but a- as an actor, we, we don't expect him to play that kind of role. Whereas I think with William H. Macy here, we expect him to play that kind of role, and like we, we love when he plays that kind of role, and so we really get to enjoy him and what he does best, which is character work
1: yeah and I mean for me um, I it really for Boardwalk Empire it took me a while to get into I think even for like episode 8 because in some sense it was it w- it tried to some some ways be a slow Mad Men style mm-hmm. um, but uh, initially the, the pilot episode was done by uh, Martin Scorsese and was very slick and then finally Tim Van Patten um, who did who did Sopranos started directing and then it finally like sort of Kept uh, kept that style from then on. Yeah. With this show, I like the style. It definitely is mm-hmm. a consistent style, and I think it's a new age style of editing filmmaking that I love. Yeah, you know, I think it's quick, 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 and uh, you know that's absolutely what I love about it. But um, I mean, I think on that, unless you have anything to add, Jesse, I think why don't we get to our shameless news and gossip? It's going to be so shameless. <laughs>
2: AfterBuzz TV News. Okay, dokie. Shameless Season 1, Episode 3, Aunt Ginger. The 17-year-old Cameron Monahan who plays Ian, uh, felt that there was a huge responsibility on him playing a gay teen. He says that there's a lot of gay teens out there watching for gay characters and looking for role models and people they can relate to, so I definitely think there's a responsibility there.
1: Yeah, and I... I, I well, uh, I completely agree, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, especially uh, what's great is that he's in such a big and good cast of characters, and, and the show is mm-hmm. good, that yeah, you know, you, you have tons of pressure, not only that, to, for the show to be successful, but also this way.
2: No, I, I, I think he's doing a beautiful job. Um, and in addition to that responsibility, Cameron wants to stray away from the Glee stereotypes, Portrayed by the character of Kurt Hummel, uh, he says that Ian is tough but not macho, brave, street smart, responsible, a fan of sports, interested in being a paratrooper in the army. Not that there's anything wrong with the other portrayal either, uh, but Ian is is different and um, than, than what au- what already exists on TV.
1: I like the boldness. Kind you know of- what I mean? I, I, am um, because I'm, I honestly, God, I'm sick of Kurt Hummel. I know Ryan Murphy, that's what he's uh, trying, you know, th- that's yeah. the through line of glee right now. But at the same time, like, it's okay. I, like, you don't have to be sad. All You know, what I, mean? I, I get your pain, but don't look like you're crying all the time. But
2: I feel like Will on Will and Grace was a very masculine gay man. I yeah. feel like there have been other representations on this. Whereas, um, uh, I can't think of the actor who played opposite Will right now. Um, but they were just definitely two different Mm-hmm. Um, okay, types there Alright,
3: so Well, uh, Jesse, do you have y- Well, I'm going to say I mean, as a gay male um, Watching TV there, I re- personally don't have Anybody that I could connect with And watching mm-hmm. this episode Ian gave me that And, mm-hmm. you know, I watch, You know, Will, Will on Will and Grace He is a little more masculine But mm-hmm. he still plays the part You yeah. know um, He still fems it up a little bit But with Ian, it was just He's so vulnerable. He does. He's. He's still curious. He. I mean, he knows what he is, but he. He's not sure of how to act, uh, and he just wants to be himself. He doesn't want to fit in the box that people
1: are portraying. Well, so I enjoyed that. I, I mean, I the stereotype is very much. You know, I. I, I think people are afraid to sort of portray um, gays in that way of other than just being like, hello, I'm fabulous. You know, like it's. It's okay. There's. There's. Uh, variety of, you know, know, gays out there as there are of like, you know, just any people, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I like where it's going. Open up the door for more things.
2: I agree. Uh, Justin Chadwin, who plays Steve, uh, claimed that his role in this series is the most outrageous of his acting career so far. He was initially nervous about the amount of sex and nude scene that his character has. He says that uh, I never felt comfortable doing nudity, and a lot of the time, an actor takes on a part or a role because it scares them. And this definitely scared me when I read it.
1: Now, is that true? Is, do actors do that, Bethany? You uh, that, you know actors well.
2: I yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think if it terrifies you, you should. You should. If it terrifies you for the right reasons, then you should probably jump into it. Well, I think,
1: um, I mean, for if you're listening, Justin, I think, uh, you know, you're doing it very artistically. It's a very entertaining show, so I don't think it's like you're, you're doing porn out there. And uh, I, I think it's a good career move because I saw you in Dragon Ball Z or whatever, the movie remake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I liked you, but uh, movie not so good.
2: I think he's doing a great job. Uh, Emmy Rossum, who plays Fiona, revealed she was, not, uh, she was not worried about the controversial side of the show. People will either love this or be horribly offended, and I think all those things are challenges. I definitely embrace the sex scenes. So much of people's inner workings uh, uh, and who you really are can be shown through a sexual experience.
1: Interesting take. Very interesting take. And I, I liked, I think... By having such a title as Shameless, it already allows you to just basically be shameless and take any step. I mean, just cutting to Mr. Perry's boner. There's (laughs) no shame in the filmmaking itself.
2: I think it's a smart quote on her part as an actress who's trying to change her image. It's it, it. makes sense. Very good. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if she wants to play more sexual roles, roles that are women versus the girls that she's been playing, then then yeah, I agree with her. I, I absolutely think that so much of people's inner workings uh, can be shown through a sexual experience. Uh, Emmy Rossum is Esquire magazine's Funny Girl of the Month, so be sure to pick up your copy.
1: Why Why wasn't I given one? I don't know. I'm looking at Jesse and Bethany. Where's mine? <laughs> I, uh, unfortunately, yeah, I don't, don't know.
2: Esquire. Yeah, neither do I.
1: Oh, boy. I'm gonna, we're going to have to subscribe.
2: I guess so. <laughs> okay. William H. Macy has embraced the acting challenge of this show. He says his main goal is to make Frank someone audiences care about. When you have an addicted parent, it does make the rest of the family... What's that word? Coalice. Coalice. Thank you. All right. They've got to look after each other. I think Frank's uh, left-handed gift to his family is that they look after each other.
1: Well, hey, uh, I thought I was the smart one. I can't believe I'm having to help you out with words I'm here, Beth. I'm
2: terrible with words sometimes. I'm, I'm, yeah. But, what are you uh,
1: going do? But uh, it was interesting because uh, this quote came out when... Uh, the first episode was about to air, and as I was reading it, and after I saw the first episode, I was like, wait, William H. Mason, he just laid on the ground. That's his acting in the first episode. And so I was like, okay, how hard can that be? And ha- ha- I, I had no relatability to you at that point. So what are you talking about? But, but I definitely see it now, and I love it. So you love it. very good. Very he, good job.
2: He also reveals that he shot sex scenes with a co-star he used to... Who um he used to be ba- who used to babysit Joan Cusack? No, yeah. so no. so so William so explain, H. Mace- explain that to me. Okay, so William okay.
1: H. Macy revealed that he used to babysit Joan Cusack.
2: Shut up. Awkward. Yeah, it says right here that I've known Joan for a long, long time. I started acting in Chicago, and I knew her dad.
1: By the way, you said the long, long time more implicit than uh, it actually. I'm sure it was <laughs> when he said. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs>
2: It's my interpretation of the text. Fair enough. Okay. Emmy Rossum had to fight for her role as Fiona. Um, I really had to fight for it because in the eyes of the production people and our producers and director, I wasn't an obvious choice at all. So I really had to prove myself. I made a tape in New York and sent it in. I really tried to be unafraid.
1: And uh, I'm glad you're going for it. And I'm glad she's... I, I remember her from uh, the Disney Channel movie... Um, I forget what it was, but y- you're laughing because you know it. Yes. What, what's the title? I can't remember. <laughs> it's it's basically where like uh, they they invent some anti gravity thing, and she falls in love with the nerd who who just wants to be a, a regular kid, and he so he goes to high school and falls in love with her, even though he's like a genius, whatever. Mm. Uh, and yeah. So
2: I think it's funny that I, I don't know. I feel like every, all actresses put stuff on tape and send it in.
1: Are you are you saying it's funny that I know a Disney Channel movie? No,
2: no. I just know. What? I'm, because it says here that she made a tape and she sent it in. Uh-huh. Um, and I just, I, doesn't everybody do that? Isn't that, like, how you audition for things?
1: Yeah, but I, I think what she's referring to is that she, she just, uh, you know, really went for it in her audition, not not holding I back would one. love
2: to see that. Wouldn't that be so awesome if we could watch their audition tapes?
1: Is it Shameless.
2: I don't know. That would be great. Like, uh, you can see the Lost Audition tapes and everybody else's. I would. I think that would be a great gift if we could you, watch those.
1: Do you think it's just like a sexed sex tape because she knows <laughs> that's what she's going to get?
2: Oh, stop. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> William H. Macy quit boozing just as Shameless took off. He admits it's a tad ironic, but he decided it was time to stop drinking. I sort of stopped drinking about a year ago. I really like scotch. And gin, and beer, and wine. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, you got to stop. Uh, I've got my Scots-Irish background, uh, but he admits that not drinking in Hollywood is tough. When you turn down a drink, it's a big deal, especially at a party. I like saying new things. I'm nursing.
1: Nursing a hangover? What are you nursing?
2: Yeah, he's he's, he's um, nursing breastfeeding. He's nursing.
1: Ner- oh. That's
2: what, isn't that yeah. what he means?
1: That... I don't know. that's some news and gossip that I didn't know about. That's
2: what that, that's I thought he was joking that way. I don't know, maybe.
1: Maybe. Oh well, yeah. okay, now I get it. It's fair says enough. That
2: uh, John Wells, executive producer of the show has made his uh, directorial debut with the company of men starring Ben Affleck, Tommy Lee Jones, Kevin Costner, Chris Cooper. I love Chris Cooper. Um, Maria Bello and Rosemary DeWitt. Oh, Rosemary is fabulous. The company of men examines how personal lives are deeply affected when a conglomerate makes uh, the impersonal decision to lay off a good percentage of its workforce. And, uh.
1: Well, uh, but, you know, A, the trailer looks phenomenal. Um, also, John Wells, he's also um, the executive producer of Southland, as well as other successful TV shows. So I'm glad that. You know, he's getting to make his uh, step in the right direction. But uh, don't let it dissipate your work on this show, buddy. That's all I have to say. But um, And with that, that is...
2: That is your AfterBuzz TV shameless news and gossip for the week of January 23rd, 2011.
1: That wasn't that shameless news and gossip.
2: I, I, I think it was fabulous. It was a lot. There, well, there was a lot, you know. I think it's we great. we had three
1: episodes to catch up on, but um, <laughs> so okay, predictions for next week, Bethany. What do we have?
2: Um, I think Tony's going to be really upset. I think he's going to be wounded. I think he's going to be a big old baby, and he's going to find out who who Fiona really is, and he's not going to like
1: it. Do we do we get a fight, him and uh, Steve?
2: Yeah, yeah. Why not?
1: Why not? Um, and then we see. Do we see some uh, Frank having some problems? Oh, no, 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 no. So so uh, the father comes back to Joan Cusack and uh, Frank Gallagher, and uh, he can't afford the bills t- to now pay for the family, as well as Frank, who's just basically <laughs> mooching off his couch and, and sitting right next to him and, mm. and screwing his wife or ex-wife, whatever you want to call her now. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, now, knowing the show af- now um, because of their previews, what I've, what I've learned is that um, the the preview that we saw will probably be only be the first five to ten minutes of the whole show.
3: Agreed.
2: Really?
1: Well, that's that's what they were, you know, because yeah. the big thing um, last week was that the preview was uh, Frank living with uh, Joan Cusack, and obviously that was it's a big thing, mm-hmm. but but you know the on Ginger and the rest of the the plots were far greater. Okay. So I, I hate how they sort of do it and um you know but but I think that's my prediction that you know will that that's going to happen. Anything that you think what what do we got? I don't even know. That, I wish we at least knew the episode name for No,
2: I don't know it. I have no idea. I guess we'll I guess we'll be surprised next week.
1: Yes, we'll be back and uh we'll be shameless as always. Um uh, how can we? How can we be more shameless? I feel like you and I are the most unshameless people there are.
2: Are we really that conservative? No. I don't
1: know. Uh, I don't know. We gotta get more shameless. But um, thanks for tuning in. Keep tuning in, and uh, we appreciate.
0: For producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer Corey Sheehan, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV Network. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to host an Afterbuzz show of your own, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterbuzzTV.com. Or buzz into our Twitter account or Facebook page by searching Afterbuzz TV. Buzz, buzz you later. Buzz. And
1: stay shameless.
0: The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Afterbuzz TV or its owners or principal.